Hi, I'm Rob Nichols, and welcome to the Rhythm and Pixels podcast, a special bonus beats episode. On the show this week, we have an interview with PR Studios, the publisher of the newest game Citus Alpha, and other great games such as DJ Max, Boys, and Demo. Enjoy the show. So we have with us on the show today, we have with us um, members of the publisher PM Studios, PM Studios uh, Playmaker. I, I always want to say Project Management Studios, which is probably <laughs> the most boring sounding company ever, but no, Playmaker Studios. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So just for the, well, also for the listener's sake and also ours, because I think there may be more names than expected. Um, give a quick introduction, like who you guys are, like of who we're talking to, and like who you are at the company. Okay, uh, so this is Michael Yum. I'm the CEO and founder of PM Studios. Uh, my name is Steven Yum, and I'm the project manager at PM Studios. Oh. Uh, my name is Paul Hartling, and I'm a marketing coordinator at PM Studios. And I'm, I'm sorry about that crack about project managers earlier. I, I really take it back, Stephen. <laughs> no, no, <it's> okay. <laughs> I just I just realized something. I heard a name that sounds really familiar and not Paul's. Um, uh, I believe that's me, Cornell. We talked before. I sent you a copy of the game Musings before, I believe. Yes, that was you. Okay, yeah, because I was at the uh, at the music table at E3 losing my marbles trying to beat that guy's score. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember you were one of the participants in the tournament, and uh, you didn't show up, I believe. I think you were busy at the time, so I just sent you a copy instead. Yeah, it was really appreciated. I was actually commuting from Long Beach to get to the convention center. Yeah, I, f- I figured. That's why I just I reached out yeah. to you, and that's why I sent it to you. I figured it's a lot easier that way in years for you anyways, right? Yes, sir. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No worries. Well, we here on the show are obsessed with rhythm games. Like We love music games, and there are just so many awesome music games um, from PM Studios that you guys have, have worked with and published and, and, and put things together. Um, and... So is this a passion of, I would, I want to ask, is this a passion of yours also? Um, is it just game making in general? Like how, how did you get into music? So I would say it's more game making in general. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't start the business, uh, wanting to make rhythm games or, uh, I wasn't even like that good of a rhythm game player. If anything, I was more of a fighting game player. Mm, Okay. Um, but I guess at the time when I was starting it, uh, I really wanted to kind of work on a DJ game. <laughs> so uh, rhythm games were kind of starting to get popular. I really wanted to work on a DJ game. And uh, somehow I found this team in Korea, partnered up with them, and then helped release uh, this game called DJ Max. And so this DJ Max game ended up being really huge in Korea and then had a pretty decent following in the States. Mm-hmm. So it, kind of set like a stone where we were like more of a rhythm game company now because uh, you know we were following up with another rhythm game and then uh yeah one thing led to another and then that's actually kind now, of hilarious in its own way because 
like up until now, I was always under the impression you guys were like, "Hey, we do rhythm games. Let's just publish a bunch of." Them. <laughs> it turns out like it just happened to work out conveniently that way. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. no, it's just uh, the first one was a hit, right? And so uh, after that, you kind of got to work on the sequels or follow-ups, and you have your following there. So uh, we kind of stuck with it, and. Uh, Little by little, I was trying other stuff. So, like, even during the DJ Max days in the PSP, we tried a game called Strikers, hmm. 1945 Plus. Oh, oh yeah, that game's great. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that of that title, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 one of my the, my introductions to um, Bullet Hell like style. Not Bullet Hell, but shoot 'em ups in general. Like that that game is big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. Um, now we kind of do, uh, you know, we're still doing our rhythm games, but um, uh, we branched off to do some mobile games. So we partnered up with like Stephen Curry and Justin Bieber for our first uh, mobile releases. And then uh, on the console, we're trying to kind of spread out and try other stuff too, right? So we did like a strategy RPG called Mercenary Saga Chronicles. And then we have a racing game coming out called Horizon Chase Turbo, uh, and some story games, narrative games. We have, we just we're trying to do everything now. Well, I can uh, definitely tell you from like my social circle, mm-hmm. like I think I guess you guys are doing the physical version of Horizon Chase Turbo. I can yep, definitely yes. tell you that the digital version. I've had friends who have played it, and they speak highly of the game. So yeah, yeah. I can I can honestly see myself getting on that physical release myself. Sure. So a little bit about me, like I, you know, I grew up in the arcades, right? So I'm such a big fan of like arcade style games. And so when I saw that game, I reached out to them and I just told them I really, really like this game a lot. And then um, they appreciated and we kind of just bonded and now we're doing this together. So would you say there was like much of a challenge in forming that bond per se, or would you say looking back on it now, it almost feels like it was a natural connection that just needed to happen? Yeah, I would say it was more of a natural connection. So those guys are really cool. They're an indie developer too, um, but they've gotten big recently. Um, but they're still like hardcore gamers, right? Yeah. So it's really good to work with a team like that, that kind of knows exactly what they want to do and the market they want to go after and have the resources to do uh finish the game correctly so yeah exactly. it's been it's been awesome working with them it sounds like um like what you're excited about is working with people who are super um, passionate about the, the same experiences too do you think it's uh something about working with um indie studios and in or indie developers also that like those smaller groups of developers and people um, kind of help help promote that? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know about us, but we've been doing this for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been through, like, all kinds of scenarios, and I've always wanted to work with the bigger, you know, companies too, like the Activisions and the EAs. And so I've done stuff where I've pitched things to everybody and got shot down. And so I know kind of how it feels to... Uh, be somebody who really likes video games and try to do something, but you get shoot down because of kind of like business reasons. Right. And so, uh, sometimes they don't look at the game, you know, for the game, they look at it for the market and how much they can make back and which is, you know, I can understand really important. Uh, but 
when we started publishing stuff for other people, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to be like that kind of guy. So at the same time, it, you know, we don't have enough resources and we're not big enough to do everything for everybody. But uh, whatever we can do, uh, we'll tell everybody up front, right? Like, you know, we, we're only capable of doing these kind of things for you. I don't know if you, we're the right fit, but, you know, we, we'd love to work with you. We love your game and, and uh, we're gamers. So... Uh, you'd be working with somebody who's kind of like you guys. fact that there's like always like a major crunch in like larger companies where they're always pushing to get stuff out and sometimes the numbers matter more than the passion so to speak and would you say that in your environment i mean of course at the end of the day you need to make a profit you gotta get games out and sell them so that you can keep making more games and of course food on the table but uh would you say that Due to the people you work with you don't have to stress out so much over that aspect of the of the of the industry uh yeah i think so it's safe to say that like um yeah you know they don't want to release something that's not complete or broken right so if we have to delay it because of that then they're willing they're all understanding of it and so are we so uh yeah we're not kind of in a, that big of a time crunch where we have to meet our deadlines like we're not spending like hundreds of millions of dollars on a marketing campaign to announce that it's coming out this day, but it's not going to make it. And I, so. and I can appreciate that too, because I can tell you from experience. So um, DJ Max Fever was the first game that put me, put you guys on my radar. And uh, sure. uh, it was like, I don't even remember how I learned about it because as you know, since you guys published it, like there wasn't a huge marketing push or anything, but it just came across my pipeline. Maybe it was Bimani style or maybe it was just general internet shenanigans, but <laughs> internet <don't> shenanigans. <laughs> internet shenanigans. But I was I was in visiting Chicago at the time when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was worried about it, you know, not being available because it was a small initial run, and I had friends like dragging me across, like you know, Greater Chicago Land, looking for like a GameStop that would sell me a copy, and I was happy to get it, and I've been enjoying the series ever since. So, cool. like, thank here, you. Oh yeah, man! Like it's it's a wonderful thing that you know studios like yours exist to release these kinds of games and hearing oh, things yeah. like what you're saying right now just makes it feel that much better mm-hmm. to support and look forward to more products that come out of your wheelhouse. How how do you feel about the industry today, actually? Because um, like you talked about, like you know, growing up in the arcades and being excited about that, and and starting you know quite a while ago with with um with music games when they were just becoming a thing. Um, how do you feel about how, where, where the hardware is today with like the switch? Because I feel like there's so much more, um, available to players now. How, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm actually really happy because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I'm not like, a, you know, too big of a fan of mobile games. You so, and me both. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll play some here and there, but I'm not going to like invest all my time into it. Right. Or, uh, really like dive too deep into it it's hard for me to take it 
seriously, basically. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, during the first transition when the mobile was coming out and the, uh, we were in like the 316 PS3, it was kind of scary because they were like taking over. <laughs> and so, yeah, and we're just like, oh, man. And it kills me to see uh, like one like uh i guess like a platform and industry die so i actually started with arcade right mm -hmm. and i i saw that they couldn't transition to console so uh, some of those people i i knew really well for a long time they're all out of jobs like you know a lot of people are worried like it's a hard transition and i saw it happening with the mobile so i was really worried you know and then the PlayStation 4, I think, really took off uh, and showed, like, this uh, bridge between PC gaming and, and console gaming, and everybody started playing console games again. And the Switch really just kind of took that and took the mobile stuff, too, right? And um, bridged another gap to kind of go back, bring those casual guys in into more serious gaming. And I, so, gotta, so I, yeah. I was thinking, like, in regards to what you just said, like you said, you're not big on mobile and you were definitely worried about an industry shift because of mobile gaming becoming prevalent. Um, I experienced similar with um, mostly with the handheld systems like the 3DS and the Vita and whatnot, because, of course, mobile gaming is a direct comp competitor to those, you know, those systems. So the other downsides that was originally like games like originally the original Citus. Um, was on mobile and I right. wanted to play it, but it's like okay, now I got to go and get an iPad and commit to using it. And I wasn't having that, right? So I just kind of stared at the game, like eh, maybe one day it'll show up on a hardware, a platform that I can utilize. Right, right. These um, these these touch these the the touchscreen based rhythm games are are super cool, but for the longest time I felt like it was only really easily access more accessible like in arcades because of the hardware. Mm -hmm. Now it's everywhere. We're lucky that the Switch uh, gave us all these opportunities, because uh, or else we wouldn't really have too many platforms, right? And then uh, we knew that you know the Voice and the Demo was like the first run, and then you know for our follow-ups we would need to kind of up the game. So with Citus, uh, like we we never announced it until like kind of towards the end about like the online mode. Mm. So we knew that the fans wanted like an online type of mode, right? So we put that in. Uh, they wanted to see collaborations. So I don't know if you saw like the DJ Max collaboration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, secretly there's more collaborations maybe in the works. <laughs> oh, uh, I was yeah. hoping for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the, um, the, uh, the community is uh, pretty passionate, right? And the developers. So we all kind of know each other now. So wherever I can put people together or like, you know, uh, wherever we can kind of help each other, right? Like, hey, can you help us with this and this? And so we're all trying to, you know, uh, bring this genre back. So yeah, we knew the Citus was a good chance for it. 
Well, let's so, let's talk about Citus now because Citus is it Citus A or Citus Alpha? I think it's Alpha. Citus oh, Alpha. Alpha. It's just been released and it's getting some like amazing. Like I've been seeing it on a lot of the uh, the places that I go read and, and online. Heck, conveniently, someone posted on our our group page today <laughs> yeah. asking about you guys heard of this cool looking game called Citus? Yeah, out of nowhere, one of our listeners said, "Hey, you guys would probably like this." And the um the the art style is it's it's arresting. It's 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 really it's it's beautiful and the the uh, the 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 contrasting colors it's really impressive can maybe can you give us a little taste of like how that came into being and and um what, what drew you guys to it mm, so that one i can't really say too much um just the team rayark has a ton of artists right mm. they're a big team now um they knew that this was going to be one of their big uh, releases for this year, actually, in general. And Citus was one of their first games. So, uh, you know, everybody assumed that when we were going to bring it over, it would be a port. So uh, we didn't want to kind of uh, fall into that path. So we decided to rebuild the game from the ground up. So it was kind of a re uh, what was it like a remake like a remake yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like a remake a remaster of the game and so uh the artists you know they don't want to use the old assets that weren't in hd and stuff so mm-hmm. they just decided to bring all new stuff to the game so <laughs> and i can say unless i'm remembering this incorrectly from when i played it recently mm-hmm. um i did try it originally on the first mobile release and i noticed that you changed the way the bubbles show up on the screen to make it more, you know, easier for the player to read so that there's like a certain color for if the line's going down to cross over the bubble versus the line going mm-hmm. up to cross over the bubble, which sounds like a small detail, but it really makes yeah, the game easier to play. Yeah, it makes, it makes a big difference. Um, it was accessibility um, to maybe the American market or to more players. Was that, how was that taken into consideration or, or, or was it? Was it just like kind of just designed, you know, perfectly to begin with? Um. It was kind of, I guess, designed just in case casual players would play it, right? So like on the mobile side, uh, the core players knew what they were going to download, so they knew what they were going to play. It was going to be hardcore. But when we release something on Switch, especially like for retail, uh, and then you have some kid or you know somebody not familiar with the genre playing it, uh, yeah, it needed to be a little bit more accessible for everybody. So little touches were made here and there. Yeah, I know that's a big challenge, especially with with music games, because there's such a hardcore audience, and the entry level into these rhythm games can be really difficult, whether it's like the game's already hard to begin with, or it's like Konami with Dance Dance Revolution, and they don't even they're not even focused on the American market. So suddenly you have to like translate a whole bunch of Japanese just to get the game started. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's really great so, seeing these brought over to um to an English audience. English speaking yeah. audience. The funny thing is, uh, so we have Steven here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and him aren't that good at uh, rhythm games. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I can hold my own, but I, I'm not going to like, you know, blow you away, right? So, like, during the testing and like the, the video footage, we just couldn't pull it off. <laughs> it was too hard for us, right? <laughs> so that's when we brought Paul into the picture. Uh, so, we have a guy named Federico and Paul. So these guys were like super, you know, hardcore rhythm game fanatics. But but more importantly, they're also like big gamers too. So it's not like they're just playing, you know, rhythm games. 
Ah, but, so uh, Paul gets his hands dirty in the genre, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Paul was part of B-Money style. Really? Uh, I'm not kidding. Yes. Because I so did he, that, though. Yeah, he, he recently quit to come here. All right. Uh, yeah. So B-Money style is kind of the, um, for some of our listeners who aren't quite as nerdy as Pernell and I, it's like the old guard of like rhythm game websites, like right around DDR Freak and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, like that was like the source of news of, hey, what can we import? <laughs> you know, essentially. Yeah, I remember being rather obsessed with chasing the forums to find out when new pop and music releases were going right, to drop. Yeah, all down. the Konami stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so um, like you said in the beginning, um, uh, I was really in tune with like the community. So I reached out to Bimani Style and you know all the other communities I can find. Like there was a site called Joystick. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember Joystick. I remember Joystick. Yeah. yeah. And like Kotaku was kind of new at that time too. So like uh, I go, hey, you know, we have this game. Even IGN, right? So uh, can you guys? review it check it out for us or do anything and then so i send them copies of the game everybody loves it and so kind of kept in touch with everybody and so that's uh kind of how we grew the fan base and then paul like uh you know i would do interviews with him or uh send him review copies and then uh we would see each other at game shows like e3 Mm. and say hi to each other and then uh yeah i think we needed help now (laughs) Oh. Yeah, Mike needed help. So maybe it was late last August. Um, kind of reached out because I kind of wanted a job in the industry. Um, I wanted to do something in marketing, and uh, I wanted something, you know, of course, in the industry, something in California. So I kind of reached out to Mike, and I was like, "Hey," kind of tapped him on the shoulder, like, "I don't know if you've heard anything. Is anybody hiring? I'd like to get my feet wet in something." And so he's like, actually, he's like, let's jump on a call. So uh, jumped on a call and talked about uh, get me hired here full time. And my fiance and I, we just signed a lease for like our condo back home in Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, I kind of have to stay here until like after the holidays before, you know, things close out and I can uh, safely move over there. So, yeah, I've been here since since uh, early February. So would you say that that was a very opportune, but also rather unexpected opportunity oh, to receive? Yeah, super, super unexpected, but um, of course, eternally grateful to Michael. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, because something to be said about, you know, good people finding each other and right. connecting and forming, you know, a super unit, we'll just say. <laughs> um, what would, would you call PM Studios the super unit? Oh, yes. Uh, awesome. yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, out of curiosity, like, 
on a, just a more like goofy note, um, <laughs> what would you say are some of your favorite non like rhythm game titles? Because you mentioned earlier that rhythm games weren't your original entry point; it just kind of happened right. to be that way for the for the company. But outside of rhythm games, what would you say are some of your favorites? So I'm a big hardcore gamer, right? And uh, my top is always going to be Zelda and Metroid. Mm. So I just yeah. the fight is always which one is on top. Hear me. that, Rob? Metroid. I know. I'm, uh, Super Metroid's on my list to play. I never got around to playing that one. And it's, oh it's, it's, it's so sh- I know it's so shameful. I can't believe I'm just letting <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> yeah. So Super Metroid and Prey Zelda Link to the Past are my top two. And and then uh and then Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild and Metroid Prime, I, I just love everything. So those are my two favorite franchises. Like anything that has to do with Zelda and Metroid, like I have to buy it. You have another even, M? Huh? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. That's why I like to hear, yeah, because like I was like, wait, I was like, I was expecting you to be like, oh no, not other M, but to hear you say, no, I love the game. Like that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I don't know, like people hated it, right? But I, I, I liked it. It wasn't that bad. I just kind of took I it was, to be one well, where a lot of people were just like, this isn't exactly how I expected it to be, but yeah. not take it as a new experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like it's they're calling it Metroid Three, you know, or Four, so. It's okay. So it's been off. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big fighting game guy. So uh, I was a tournament player in Tekken Tag Tournament. Ooh. So before esports. Yeah, I was really good at it. Um, that's probably my favorite friend, fighting game franchise. And I love Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter still. Uh, what else? I like racing games. I won a Daytona USA Daytona, championship yeah. uh, at the arcades when I was a kid. <laughs> oh. I think I was like 13. Ooh. Yeah, Daytona uh, Two is like one of my favorites. I, I love Daytona I love that Two. One too. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people haven't played that one. And yeah. this game called Scud Racer or Super GT. Like oh, Super this. GT. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a great one too. Yeah, a lot of yeah. these. They um, some of them get like notoriously like they get people talk about like the the Daytona soundtracks. But I just I think uh-huh. it's just like it's not even a guilty pleasure. I just love that music. It's just stupid happy. You know, it makes me feel good. <laughs> Even won a tournament at E3 for Street Racing Syndicate. Oh, so I got, <laughs> yeah! If you find it in some archive somewhere, you see me on the stage with all these supermodels. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> no, I, just, I want some old. Uh, I want to find some old footage of you playing a uh, Tekken Tag. That's yeah. what I want to see. Back then, you have to pay to watch people play and combo videos and stuff. So yeah. before YouTube and all that, it was all about just doing it and having fun with it yeah or like yeah. Um, people are recording on vhs's and like trading it and then you have to download like a torrent not even a torrent it was like on LimeWire and yeah all these weird places where you're hoping you're not getting a virus you're going to get a video of someone playing a video game for a few minutes man the internet's <laughs> changed <laughs> 
Oh my god. How about you, Paul? What about some of your favorite titles? Um, let me see. Favorite title? I mean, I've always been a first-person shooter, like, fan. Um, back when Resistance 1 came out on PS3, um, friends and I, we, I mean, we gathered weekly and, you know, on weekends to uh, kind of just land in the, in the basement for the weekend. And we actually grew to be, I think, top three clans in Resistance 1 on PS3. Wow. Okay. Yep. And then um, Resident Evil 2, of course, on PlayStation has always been uh, a favorite gem of mine. Uh, so survival horror, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Resident Evil remake, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake is... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Beat you interested, <laughs> didn't it? See, it, 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 it did, but it did a lot of things where, like, man, I don't know if I'm just, like, a purist because, like, dude, I did not play Resident Evil 4 because I hate the over-the-shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I the tank controls, like, that's me all day. But I did play, up until the sewers of Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. but I, it just left a bad taste in my mouth with, you know, <laughs> Mr. X being, you know, in the first scenario when he's supposed to be in scenario 2 and all those different things that they added. Um, I mean, I played to the sewers, I kind of was stuck, and I kind of just didn't play it any further. But, uh, yeah. You guys said you were hardcore gamers. Like, it sounds like you're... This is the second time I heard someone talk about competition. So you you would say that you're all pretty competitive. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. so for me, this is Michael, by the way. Like, if you look at my trophies on PlayStation, like I have. <laughs> if you look at my trophies on my uh, yeah. on my dinner. No. Hey, it's the no. shelf in my house. It's just about the same, honestly. <laughs> I'm do the same thing. No, I I'm a completionist, so That's I nice, have like nice. over. Holy cow! That's insane. I think yeah. I think it's like platinum <laughs> trophies have always been like a sort of holy grail for me to even try to attain. Like I'll look at them and go, "This is the game. I'm a platinum this you're, bad you're boy." Gonna do it, yeah. And then I'm gonna start. Like, like Persona Five was the last one. I was like I'm gonna platinum that game. I, I thought love you would. It did, you, you did. No. Well, you can just say you did. <laughs> People can look up my stats. I can't do that. Is there is there a game like in the uh, the offices that you guys play play with each other a whole lot? Uh, so because of my platinum trophy addiction, uh, we, we will rotate the game pretty fast. So like Mortal Kombat, uh, was it 11? Yeah, 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 it just came it. out. Like I platinumed it in three days. So we were playing that obsessively for three days. <laughs> Holy <then> we- crap! <laughs> that is amazing! Yeah, so then we're like, okay, next game. And so like, right before that, it was Kingdom Hearts. Right before that, it was right. Resident Evil. Ooh, Wait, did you was... platinum Kingdom Hearts three? I did. You did. I gotta ask this question because I haven't <laughs> no. talked to too many other people about Kingdom Hearts three. Sure. What was your feeling on those blasted amusement park ride summons? <laughs> uh, you know, I never played one and two or any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, when I played it, I was like, I didn't like the game at all, to be honest with you. So I didn't enjoy it that much, and then the. The special moves, like those rides that you're coming, I didn't understand like the point of it. So yeah, neither did we. Here's the point I'm about to say: we played them all, and it still didn't make any sense. <laughs> we were like, so you were kind of in the right place. Like, like, what are they trying to appeal to? Like, like kids are already into the characters. Like, why do you need Splash Mountain? <laughs> like, they they also the just kind of broke the flow a lot. Yeah. Like, you're, you're you're beating guys with a key, and all of a sudden, it's like summon the teacups. Like, why? I don't want to drink tea. I want to beat guys like, with like a giant young game. young kids are really into like repetitive things over and over again. So maybe that's something yeah. they want to include. Yeah. 
No, at the office. So another kid, uh, one of our young kids, is like, uh, oh, I can't play that game. How are you playing that game? And then we were talking about the move thing too. And so I was like, I don't know. I guess they just wanted to somehow incorporate every ride at Disneyland into this uh, <laughs> game, I guess. And they're like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they built in some development time and they had some extra, they had some extra time and they were like, you know what, kitchen sink it. Let's just do it. Who's got yeah. some ideas? Let's throw it in. Take that kitchen sink and put it back. You know, because de- developers are never under any, any kind, of, kind, of, kind of crunch, right? <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasms. All right. Uh, yeah, anything else, man? But, like, um, let me see here. So, one thought I had here was, so, you mentioned earlier that you got into, you start again, to reiterate, you started out, and music games kind of happened to be the thing, but you'd be interested in publishing other games. And you've also branched out, like you mentioned earlier, with Horizon Chase Turbo and Mercenary Song. Are there some mm-hmm. other genres or specific games that you may even have on the horizon that make you go, I really want to get down with publishing that game or a game within this genre someday? Yeah, what kind of styles are like getting you guys excited to do? Hmm. So, I mean, we do have a lot of other types of games coming out, like action RPG, uh, an RPG, like Wait, a JRPG. You have an action RPG coming out? Yeah, we, we just haven't announced it yet. All right. <laughs> we'll keep that lip sealed, oh, yeah, but yeah, I'll yeah, be looking out for it. That's, <laughs> That's exciting. We have, like, kind of like the side-scrollers that I've always liked. Um, I guess... What would be missing would be a fighting game and sports uh, games. Sports game, yeah. yeah. Some people here want to do sports. Uh, we, maybe we got something in the works for that. Maybe like a sports fighting game, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would be two super NBA fighters. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a weird combination of game, like how Blades of Steel used to be, where you'd play hockey, but then they'd have the sub moment where you get into a fight. <laughs> right. But instead of right, how yeah. it was, you know, kind of like a, like a quick hit the button to punch, mm-hmm. then it becomes an actual fighting game. Well, the yeah, Arch Rivals was just like, you had like a button for elbows. <laughs> so that could be an interesting uh, thing. Surprisingly, you know, uh, we've been getting pitched a lot of games lately, right? Mm-hmm. And we're super, super, super grateful. Like, uh, we never thought it would get to the point where people would actually come to us and ask. And so we saw some games. I saw some like triple A games and for them to reach out to us, uh, just like, oh my God. Uh, I, you know, obviously I can't say which ones, but yeah, it's it's shocking. And yeah. I would love to hit those games, right? But uh, I told them that like, I think we might be too small for you guys. Uh, you guys are already, you know, bigger than us. And then like, uh, I'm not sure what we can do or if we can do you guys, you know, justice on this title. So sadly, you know, there are some games that we do want to do. Of course, we want to do some bigger ones and hope for like Grand Slam here and there. But yeah, I guess we have to slowly build it until we get there. Honestly, well, honestly, I can, I can, I'm pretty sure Rob would agree with this, but we'll be right there along the way to watch oh, yeah, it go. Yeah. And eventually... <laughs> When it actually happens, like, hey, I was there with DJ Max Fever. (laughs) Yeah, we we are definitely, I mean, we are specifically a music focused show, but like, we are just, we are gamers. Like, we love just playing games. So, um, we're going to keep our eyes out, you know, for all the stuff that you guys are going to be publishing in the future. And 
Um, cool. yeah, we're really excited about that, about excited about everything that's coming up too, especially since like you're doing so much more and, and, um, you have been doing so much more. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, but you know, for you guys, we haven't forgotten about our, you know, some of our cores and all our main user base. So, uh, yeah, we do have some more, you know, in the works for the music genre. This may have come up in one of the things you said earlier, but I'm not sure it did. So if you have an idea for this, what would mm -hmm. you say was the greatest challenge you faced with getting your company up and running, like getting it started? So it was probably when I first started the company. And so I think it was like 2007 or 2006. Um... You know, there wasn't a lot of resources back then, so there weren't really indies, mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah, I can't really think of like too many indies on console at the time. So the, the entry, the barrier, uh, was entry to barrier was really tough, right? Because right. you have to buy like these expensive development kits. Uh, you have to prove that you're like an established company to get like a license to make something for like a PlayStation or a Nintendo. Uh, and so I had nothing. Right? And so I, I obviously worked in the game industry before, so that's why I knew I could do it. And so when I left and then I reached out to everybody, it wasn't as easy, you know, oh, we can't just give you a license just because we know you. You have to like go through all these steps. So when I first started um, uh, and I wanted to do the DJ stuff, it was actually for Nintendo and I got shot down. Okay. Yeah, so I, I got completely shot down, right? And then... Uh, uh, I thought it was over, actually. I pretty much thought the company was done, right? Because uh, without that, I can't even do anything. So I was sitting there, and my cousin's best friend was like, hey, dummy, like, you know, if, if they say no, go to somebody else. And I go, like, who? And they're like, try Sony then, right? Isn't PlayStation popular? I go, but then PlayStation was so popular, it was even harder to get now, right? Oh. So, yeah, so... I'll think, oh man, they're never going to choose us. And, and so I reached out to them and they, they actually chose us right. and, and they gave me a chance. Yeah. And so they, uh, it was like a two man team, right? And they, they helped me get started. Uh, and then I was going to Korea and working on the game. And that was the hardest part was getting started, I guess. Like you don't know what to do. Uh, you don't know all the things that can get in your way, right? So if, Literally, if you can't get a Nintendo or a PlayStation or an Xbox license, then what are you going to do? You can't even make the game for them, right? So, mm. uh, yeah, that's the scariest part. I, I really thought I was done at that point. Well, it's kind I, of funny you say it now because as we as we talked about earlier, now you guys are doing like much better. You're getting a lot more requests from developers themselves. Right. Say, hey, could you publish our games for us? But given that now you've kind of done a 180 on having difficulty getting started, Versus now, where you got a steady flow of product, what would you say is your biggest challenge now? Uh, 
I guess trying to make everybody happy. So, um, you know, if if the game isn't performing well, uh, it makes me feel bad, right? Like, what else could I have done? What else could the team have done? Um, that makes us feel bad because, yeah, you know, usually the developers don't sleep, right? Yeah. And so. For them to put in that much work and effort in their heart, and then they see, you know, low numbers. Uh, they were hoping for so much, right? Yeah, it, it breaks my heart too. If I ever have to deliver that type of message, and so, uh, yeah, that that's some of the hardest stuff. And so, we would suggest like, hey, why don't we try doing this? And if we just Maybe if we do a pre-order bonus and we give these away, would you be okay with that? And then, uh, yeah. And so we, we we try to do whatever we can. Uh, at the same time, oh sorry. Oh, so that uh, comes with being passionate. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the the thing you don't want to do, I guess, is like break anybody's heart, right? And so like lives are at stake. Some people have kids, you know, families. Like, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. No, so. see, that's actually a very, I mean, it seems like a really nice thing to even hear you say as to be your biggest challenge. Because could you imagine there's probably another studio out there be like, so what's your biggest challenge? And the person would be like, just beating off all the success. <laughs> <laughs> but as yeah. there, as that response was wonderful. They, they could have a little bravado. I think they've earned it. <laughs> well, they could. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, the fact that you jump on the bravado yeah, is really yeah. nice to hear. Absolutely. closing in on, on on our time here so but, but thank you thank all three of you for for coming on the show it's it's been great having you here and um i'm sure um our listeners will be you know excited to hear about a little bit of the background behind Citus and about behind some of these other games as well thank you guys thank you for, yeah, thank, you. thank you for having us thank you for joining us it was a wonderful conversation thank you thank you so but i'm trying to think if there's like something like a good closer because i feel like we've already addressed the well, I guess I can just ask it in this context. So yeah. I remember earlier you said you were like you had some future projects coming up, but you couldn't mm-hmm. name them. Are there any mm-hmm. future projects on the horizon that you can name? Uh, like upcoming projects? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we can. <laughs> <laughs> Secret? Uh, yeah, there there will be. Um, an announcement really soon for a game. Um, it's not even one of our upcoming games. It's going to be a game coming out maybe later this year or early next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we have a booth at E3, so we're going to uh, unveil it there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, but I would say in the next month or two, you will probably hear some new games from us. Yeah, at least like two or three. 
<laughs> or four. Yeah. In that case, then I will keep my ears to the ground and looking forward to learning what those games will be. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys.